Is it on? Welcome to the Shaunt Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. So, I, I want to start this episode not with your usual greeting, but with this. We're recording on a Tuesday night. It's the Tuesday night pre-Thanksgiving. What's on all of our minds is friends, family, turkey, stuffing, gravy, green bean casserole. The list goes on and on. I can't wait to be my true fat self and eat my body weight on Thursday. But uh, Tuesday night is also something else. Tuesday night is the night the college football playoff rankings come out. And uh, I'd like you all to know that there are four undefeated teams in the country. There are seven teams with one loss or less. That includes those four that are undefeated. And one of them isn't fucking ranked. And that's us. That's Coastal Carolina. I I don't know what to say other than blatant, honest disrespect and collusion. It is the most corrupt thing that I have ever seen since Stalin's Russia. This committee um, can suck my big toe, for all I care. We'll go through that later on. Uh, Before that, before we get into what has transpired this Tuesday evening, let us turn our minds to the future. Coastal Carolina plays its first game this Saturday in Harrisonburg, Virginia, at the University of James Madison, taking on the Dukes. They sit second in the Sunbelt East. Now, yes, they can't win the Sunbelt East. That has to do with some archaic, ancient NCAA rule that you can't compete in the postseason, your first season jumping up uh, from FCS. But technically speaking, the division crown is on the line. A loss to James Madison means they finished first in the Sunbelt East. Again, they won't go to the conference championship game. Coastal Carolina has already locked that up. But they get to hang that banner. And Coastal can but I don't think they should. This is a team that started off the season hot, ended up ranked in the AP poll in their first season in FBS, is a good football team, but has kind of fallen apart over the last couple of weeks. They have some of the best uniforms in college football. Purple and gold always works. Coastal Carolina, slightly above them with teal and bronze. I'm excited for this game. This is a game that we've had circled for a long, long time. And I'm excited to see Coastal Carolina take the field again. Josh, I come to you. I know it's hard to follow me up when I do these crazy, long-ass monologues. But what are your first impressions of this James Madison team and what they're going to bring to the field Saturday? Yeah, like you mentioned, um, take away the fact that they can't actually play for the Sunbelt Championship. But if we don't win this game, do not hang a Sunbelt East Banner champion in Brooks Stadium. Do not do it. The division crown is on the line for all intents and purposes, and I agree with you. <clears throat> that rule that they can't go is stupid as hell. <clears throat> I'm, I would be all in favor of if they win this game, they should go. But obviously that can't happen, and yeah, like you mentioned, they got ranked. They're a good football team. They have knockoff Grayson McCall at quarterback. He doesn't run, but Grayson McCall is obviously injured, but these guys all almost identical passing yards, both through for 21 touchdowns, but Todd Santeo has four more interceptions. This dude is a good quarterback, and 
whenever you have a good quarterback, you have a good chance to win. Now, they have fallen off the rails kind of completely since they lost to Georgia Southern. They also lost to Marshall. They also lost to apparently one of the greatest teams of all time in Louisville. So I don't know what that says about them because Louisville's ranked with four losses. But last weekend, they, they almost lose to Georgia State, and they had to come back by 20 points, a team that we had no issues with. So it's going to be a battle, though, and we only have about a 38% chance to win, according to ESPN, and we're super big underdogs. And we don't have number 10. That's the biggest thing. We haven't heard anything on an update with him, but I assume it's going to be Jared Guest sprinkled in with some Bryce Carpenter. So I think, therefore, it's going to be a dog fight, and I'm very excited for this game. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this matchup. This is a matchup that I've had circled on my calendar probably since I saw James Madison get ranked for the first time in program history for them. Um, they're not no slouch. They're not no pushovers, and they're not a team that we need to look over. We need to go into this game focused, and we need to go into this game with a mindset that, like Josh and Curtis said, like the Sunbelt East title is on the line because they're going to come out wanting to knock us off because this is their last game of the season. Subsequently, they can't go to a postgame. I mean, not postgame. They can't go to the postseason. So this is their last game. They're going to want to come out and knock us off and take a little bit of momentum going into the offseason to get ready for next year because next year they will be – if they were six games, they'll be in the postseason. So we lost Jordan there. He'll be back in just a moment. But to build off of what he was saying there before we jump to Mario, I mean, essentially, this is a team that they they play really, really well, and they're going to look to kick Coastal Carolina's ass as their momentum builder going into next season. They've had a great season so far. I mean, nobody can take that away from them, but, I mean, listen, if they can beat Coastal and win their last game of the season, that's a huge momentum booster going into next year. Jordan has rejoined us, so I will go ahead and I'll toss it back to Jordan here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this this means everything for James Madison, and Coastal Carolina is going to have to be on the offensive from the start. Yeah, I was just going to finish. I don't know what happened, but, I mean, I just wanted to finish it off by just saying, you know, we need to go into this game, you know, ready to play. And, you know, Bryce Carpenter and Jared Guest, they played well against Southern Miss, but expectations are really high in this game. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the rest of the team, along with the quarterbacks play, uh, does against James Madison. But we have to take this game very seriously. Yeah, that was a great point. Now, to what Jordan said, like the Sunbelt East is on the line. I don't care if we were playing James Madison or we were playing some D3 school, depending on what that was. Either way, we gotta we gotta play and we gotta prove to these AP ranking people that we belong in that top twenty five. Because honestly, I'm looking at that top twenty five and it's unbelievable how we only got one loss and we keep fighting and fighting and fighting and we keep winning. And for some reason we're just not on that list. So that's pretty sickening, you know. Somebody needs to go talk to them. But as far as Jane Madison, they do have a really good team. Obviously, Josh has mentioned the quarterback. Their star running back has eight hundred and twenty nine yards with eight touchdowns. And Again, their star wide receiver has 922 yards with seven touchdowns. So they, it's clear who the stars are on this offense. And I think that's the guys that the defense has to lock down on. Those are the guys that they have to be aware of. They have to circle and they have to have a game plan to stop them. Similar to 
a few weeks ago when I can't remember which um which team it was. Marshall was one of the teams I believe, and then it was um Old Dominion, I believe, was one of the teams where they had a clear they had like a clear starter and they had like a clear star on like the offense on who they had to circle. So I think if there's any lesson that they have to learn from those weeks past, I think that's one right there is take those star players and get them off the field. The other thing too, is I was looking at their defense, their defensive line is absolutely sick. Like their defensive line knows how to get to a quarterback. They know how to pressure these quarterbacks and they know how to make, and they know how to disrupt a quarterback. And I think the good news here is that Jared Guest is a really good runner. And I think he's going to have to do a lot of that this game, to be honest. I think you're going to see Jared Guest scrambling a lot because with the way our offensive line is, you know, and and from the stats I'm looking at, it's going to be a really tough uh, competition for the offensive line to go in there and stop this team. Because this defensive line, I mean, you look at them. Um, excuse me if I pronounce his name wrong. Um, Uku, he has seven, uh, seven and a half sacks. Two more guys have four and a half sacks, both on the D line, like, this defensive line is absolutely sick. Um, one guy has two and a half sacks. The other guy has one and a half sacks. There is a lot of guys on this defensive line who know how to get to the quarterback. And if we got any chance, Jared Guess is going to have to run. So overall, I think this is going to be a really, really close game. That defensive line is really frightening me right there. But the good news is you know who the stars are. You know who are the main guys to stop and to, and to basically restrain for the entire game. And if you could do that, I like Coastal's chances. Yeah, those are all great points, Mario. Um, let's talk a little bit of X's and O's. You got into it a little bit. I've watched about four or five James Madison games this season, uh, most of them by choice. I-, I love watching new teams, and James Madison is a fun team to watch. Um, this is a team that had my attention. <laughs> it's funny. So I used to live in central Pennsylvania, and when we moved to South Carolina, we moved to Columbia um, before I ended up at the beach going to uh, Coastal Carolina. And that drive from my hometown to Columbia drives straight through Harrisonburg on I-81. It was one of the landmarks of our road trip. It was like, okay, we're almost home. Or, you know, oh, the journey is still just starting when we drove past this beautiful stadium with purple seats. It's a phenomenal campus. But ever since then, after that first drive from, from Pennsylvania to South Carolina, I've always followed this team. So in watching those games... They run, I'm going to use the term Oregon-esque offense, but they don't use tempo like Oregon does. They run a lot of like triple option, read option kind of stuff, uh, similarly to what Coastal does, but they're going to run read option 90% of the time that they run an option where Coastal is doing a lot of triple option. There's also a pitch man. For James Madison, they're just, it's, either the running back or the quarterback. Uh, Centeo is not super mobile, but he's mobile enough that he's efficient in that offense. They hit their stars often and almost always. You went over their leading rusher, their leading receiver. Those are the two guys. They don't have a running back stable like Coastal Carolina does where they're going to go four and five guys deep and everybody's going to get carries. They don't have a wide receiver room like Coastal does where anybody beyond the number one guy is going to get targets. So you said it, and the perfect example of this is Marshall. We knew coming in that Marshall was going to give it to their running back over and over and over again. We stopped it. We know in this game 
that Ajayi Obes is going to get the rock constantly. We know that's what's going to happen. We know that Thornton is going to get the ball thrown to him. You eliminate those two guys, and Coastal's got a really good chance. Jordan, I'll come to you. Is there anybody that stands out here as a potential X factor on Coastal's defense to slow down this James Madison offense? I'm looking at Gerard Clark. I need him to have a a big game. I mean, this guy stepped up in a big way pretty much since the last loss we've suffered. You know, I need Gerard Clark to try to get, you know, a lot of tackles this game and, you know, to keep solidifying himself as one of the best defensive tackles in the Sun Belt. Um, Yeah, I need him to, you know, try to get a couple of sacks, maybe one sack. It's kind of hard to get two sacks as a DT. But, um, you know, if he can get maybe a sack or half or – 1.5, 1.5, you know, with a sack, you know, I would like to see that. But Gerard's been stepping up in a big way. He's put a lot on that loss, Old Domain, on himself. So I, I see more of what he's been doing the last couple of weeks going to this game. You know, I, I just think that this is going to be a big game for him. And the defensive line is going to have to step it up in a big way. They've really stepped it up. And I think they're going to continue to do that. But Gerard Clark specifically – he needs to be the anchor on that defense to try to help um, get a lot of tackles this game. Yeah, someone like Gerard Clark is the perfect guy to stop this offense because if he can get pressure on the quarterback, you take away the, the, the passing game. If he can be a disruptive, interruptive force like he has been the last couple of weeks in the running game, that read option doesn't work when you have two defensive tackles in your lap. One of them's going to be unblocked and is going to be the read key, and you just there's nothing you can do about it. But if Gerard Clark is there too, you're screwed no matter what decision you make. Josh, I pose the same question to you. Who do you have eyes on for Coastal's defense? Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about the defensive line, and I, I think we're going to need to see another big game. He's been stepping up recently. He's gotten more involved. Josiah Stewart, I mean, absolute menace. If he plays like it, we know this guy's capable of 12, 13 sacks a season. We mentioned Santeos, he's not a great scrambler. Once you put pressure on him, those all of his interceptions are off of pressure. I mean, he, he forces it early and or he, and he's good. He's very good about throwing it out of bounds. So he's not he doesn't get sacked very often. He's a very smart quarterback, but if you can get him to throw the ball out of bounds, it's fine. And they don't really have their receiving weapons are not that great. And with our corners, I think we can get some decent coverage sacks to say the least. And that's going to depend on Josiah Stewart coming that out of hell out off the edge. And really he gets a sack early in this game. This defense gets fired up with him. And like we mentioned, Gerard Clark's been playing well. I think Josiah Stewart, man, if there's a game for you to have two or three sacks, now's the time, my guy. Yeah. For me, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like the basic one here, but I'm going to go to Jordan Strong. You know, I mean, when you look at, when you look at that, again, I think he will go to those wide receivers and especially that uh, Thornton. And I think if the Jordan Strong could have a really good game on Thornton, I think that could really affect James Madison. But I was looking at it. I was going to say the safeties because these are big play guys. Like These are like these are big play guys. Like these guys have like 60 yard longs, 54 yard longs. Like these guys know how to make some plays. They get they get loose and it's trouble for Coastal Carolina. So. I'm hoping that our safeties, you know, Arnold Jr., uh, Taven uh, Jackson, I hope they can come prepared, and I hope that they can do enough to wreck the passing plan for uh, JMU and then make it rely on the running game. 
As far as the running game, I mean, most likely, you know, if our defensive line doesn't come prepared, then they're going to get into the second, uh, they're going to get into the second gap. And that's where the linebackers come and they got to, and they got to make sure they stop them. But to me, I think it starts with, I think it starts with a passing game. I think it starts with uh, locking down Thornton and forcing them to run. Because if you lock down Thornton, or even if you like, you stop the run or whatever the case might be, but if you lock down Thornton and you stop that big impact play from happening and you, and you rely on them to run, if we could figure out how to stop that run decently well, then I think we really got James Madison in the palm of our hand. So I'm probably going to go with the Jordan Strong and uh, the safeties that are going to be starting for this game. That's super valid because a lot of the games that I've watched, they love to hit you with the read option, read option, read option, play action. And what they do in play action is they'll send one wide receiver as on a go route, usually Thornton. And he's fast enough, big enough, good enough to just beat his man. The other thing that they do is they run the guy that's in the slot, usually to Santeo's left. They'll run a deep crossing route. And Coastal Carolina has struggled with that route all season long. They don't pass off coverage in zone coverage very well. If they're in man, that slot guy is usually getting beat because he's looking for a little, you know, short, quick hitter route and then gets blown by. And it's something that worries me in this game that our safeties are going to get caught looking in the backfield and then get burned for 40, 50 yards. That's where Gerard Clark and Josiah Stewart have to, have to be the players that we know they can be. Every broadcast this season... They make mention of Gerard Clark as an NFL prospect. I believe it. You see that size. You see that speed. You see that ability to get in the backfield. Show me. If he plays well, James Madison's offense is toast. We move to the other side of the ball. James Madison's defense has been um, coastal-esque. They're not good, but they step up in moments that matter. They are allowing 300 yards basically on the dot every game, which is average to below average. There's nobody really on the defense that stands out as as an X factor for them. But on Coastal's offense, we're missing number 10. It's the second game in a row that we won't have the best player in group of five on the field. And it's a game where he could really make a difference against a team of, you know, a no-name defense. Ten is the guy you want under center every single time. Mario, what are you expecting our offense to look like? You expecting another, you know, 50-50 split like we got between Guest and Carpenter? Or are you expecting one of those guys to take the reins this week and, and really hold them and play really well? Well, I think it all depends on the game. I think it all depends on how the game is going to turn out. I think if James Madison's defense ends up becoming the problem, like hypothetically, let's suppose, let's suppose Jared Guest starts and he ends up, and next thing you know, like it's not working. Jared Guest is getting flustered. Then they put in Bryce Carpenter. Bryce Carpenter is going to have to scramble. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I like Bryce Carpenter's chances of scrambling because that's what he does. You know, Bryce Carpenter is really good at those types of things and running. Not that Dragon yes isn't, but I'm thinking about it. And like Bryce Carpenter is that guy, you know, he goes in and he'll end up getting like a nice little 20, 30 yard run when he needs to. So 
I like the chances of him doing that. Now, hypothetically, you start Bryce Carpenter and he's trying to run and he can't get nothing out of it or whatever, then you might start Jared Guess and start relying on the passing ability. Overall, I mean, I think they are going to switch quarterbacks. I don't think they're going to stick with one because that's kind of, because if you remember going back to before Coastal was a 12 and 0 team, that's exactly the offense they used to run. It used to be Fred Payton and Bryce Carpenter. You didn't know which one was going to start and you didn't know which one was going to be in the play and what they were going to do. That's what I think they're going to rely on. I think that's what they're going to go back to is switching quarterbacks. Last game, I believe Jared Guess had the majority of the game. He played the majority of it, and they brought in Bryce Carpenter to do some scrambles and stuff, which I'm not really a big fan of neither. If you're going to split quarterbacks, if you're going to switch quarterbacks, I like the 50-50 role, but um, I'm really expecting that at a Coastal to take two quarterbacks and have them switch out depending on what the uh, – depending on what's going on in the game. And if they find like a legit plan to stop those defensive linemen, because that to me, that's the biggest thing right there is those defensive linemen and in the amount of pass pressure and that they have, that it's ridiculous. If you can stop them and they find out and they find a quarterback, like whether it's Carpenter or whether it's guess, if they can find one of those guys who has somewhat a relatively good success against James Madison, that team, then I think then I think they'll stick with them. But I'm expecting two quarterbacks. And the one thing I want to see Coastal do more in this game, because with these guys, you're not going to have time to hold that ball and look. You're not going to have time to run the little the little pitch in the back and do that. What I'm expecting is a lot of slants, a lot of short routes, a lot of third and threes, third and fours. I'm not expecting no explosive plays because I don't think they're going to have enough time to get that ball, to get that ball up in the air. I'm expecting slants curls a lot of short routes a lot of routes to get us to third and four third and three that's what i hope and i think that's the way we're going to win the game is cutting the field and keeping their offense off the field for as much as we can josh i come to you with a similar question who are you looking at on offense to really stand out again james madison has a no-name defense so there's not really a cornerback that you're worried about putting pinckney on lockdown you're not worried about a linebacker shutting down the rushing game which means coastal has their whole offense available to them who do you think takes advantage of that? I think it's I think it's got to be a guy that we need to lean on in this game. And it's Brayden Bennett, like like you guys have mentioned, we got him back, and he's a guy that he's fresh. They didn't really use him too much last week. I mean, I would have liked to see him a little bit more, but we're gonna want to control. We're gonna want to control the tempo of this game. We're not gonna want to get into a shootout against them because. We, we don't have 10 under center, and it's just – it's not something that we should be interested in doing. But Brandon Bennett is one of the best players in the group of five, and I don't say that like – like this guy is probably a top 10 player in the group of five, one of the best running backs, and there's some damn good running backs. He adds an element of – he raises our floor of our offense so much. And I also like – I like Aaron Bedgood as well. We've been using him very well. But, yeah, Brandon Bennett, he's – He's got to step up. He's got to take advantage of this. The JMU defense is it, it's pretty good, but it's not great. We've played better defenses this year, and we've been fine. So I would really like to see more of Braden Bennett. But like we mentioned, Reese White, Aaron Bedgood, and C.J. Beasley, I mean, yeah, we'll be all right. Last week, two weeks ago, I guess, Braden Bennett only five carries. I'd like to see him get about 12 or 13 and maybe five, four or five catches as well. Yeah, I, I think that um, I think offensively we just need to just try to make the game plan simple. We don't need to try to go out here and do anything outrageous. Okay, we just need to try to just make it simple. I think 
quarterback wise, it needs to be Bryce Carper. Because as far as as far as, you know, quarterback play goes, between the two, Bryce Carpenter's played better than Jared Guess. Now I'm not knocking Jared Guess, because Jared Guess had he play, he made some plays in the Southern Miss game. I'm not gonna say he didn't. But when you look at, you know, turnover to touchdown ratio, Bryce Carpenter's got him beat in that category. So I think that he needs to be the quarterback the whole game. But we all know Jamie Chadwell is not going to – he's very creative at being a play caller. So, you know, he's got some plays drawn for Bryce Carpenter and he's got some plays drawn for Jared Guest. So, but, you know, quarterback play, you want to see Bryce Carpenter try to take most of the snaps, but I just feel like he's going to – they're going to, you know, do like Mario said, they're going to have both of them in at times. But offensively, you know, we got the weapons to, to – we got all the weapons in the world to win this game. You know, Josh just brought up Braden Bennett, and then you got Reese White. We 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 don't really say C.J. Beasley's name like that anymore, but he's there too. Um, you know, we've got Aaron Bedgood, we've got Sam Pinkney, we've got guys that can go out and get the ball. So, I don't, I'm not worried in the least. I feel like we're gonna go out here and make the game plan simple, and we're gonna we're gonna execute the way we need to because we've been on a hot streak of late. Like you said, JMU has it, so I'm I'm not worried in the least. The only thing that worries me is is a lot of what offensive game plan, what it looked like in that Southern Miss game. We only attempted 15 passes. I think we have to attempt more than that. We ran the ball 42 times, which sounds like a lot, but we've been doing that all season. We've been running up in the 40s all season. But a guy that we have got to get – Jared Brown only had three touches against Southern Miss. He's the yeah, biggest yeah. weapon on our team, and you have got to get that guy the ball. I don't care how you do it, shovel pass, screen pass. Jared gets to throw a damn screen pass, I'll tell you that. So I, we got to get him the ball, and I we got to throw more. The game plan we ran against Southern Miss is not going to work against James Madison. No, it, it, it for sure isn't. And and part of the reason Jared Brown had so few touches against Southern Miss is because he did pick up an injury. He's fully expected to play this week. It was just a little knock that, that got him out for a couple quarters. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, we have, there's so many options on this, this offense that it's ridiculous. The number of people that I can pick here for X Factor is insane. I'm going to go with Jamie Chadwell. And the reason I say that is because I want to follow up on what Jordan said. I think Bryce Carpenter is a fantastic quarterback. But every time he came into the game against Southern Miss, Jamie Chadwell played him like a fullback. Southern Miss knew what was coming. All right, 12's in the game. They're running read option. We don't have to worry about him passing. We don't have to worry about any of that. And if Jamie Chadwell can be creative and use two quarterbacks, both of them as quarterbacks, this offense can do miraculous things in this game. Jordan, I'll come to you first here. We're bringing back this segment. I love this segment. I'm sorry we ever got away with it. But give me your stat that matters. The stat that if Coastal hits it, will almost certainly guarantee a victory. Ooh, that's that's tough. That is, it's a lot of possibilities when it comes to the stat line. Um, 
I guess I'll I'll go with I'll say Bryce Carpenter throws three touchdowns. If Bryce Carpenter throws three touchdowns, I think okay, I'll say throws three touchdowns and rushes for one. If he throws three and rushes for one, we win the game. I mean, yeah, if any quarterback has four total touchdowns, you probably won. <laughs> I, I I just have that much confidence. I, I, real quick though, before like that if that happens, we will win the game, but all season they've only allowed Bryce Carpenter to throw five passes in ten games. So the likelihood of them letting Bryce Carpenter throw the ball at all, it just doesn't look like they're interested in doing that. I mean I get, yeah, you make a good point, but we don't have 10, and we're going to have to get some scores some way. You know, we can't always rely on the run game, and I know that we've been running the ball more than we've been throwing at times during some of these games, but I think Jamie Chadwell is going to have the full green light to both Jared Guest and Bryce Carpenter. I think that he's going to allow them to go out and try to, you know, throw some touchdown passes. We all know Jared Guest. We all know Bryce Carpenter loves to run. He doesn't like – he's not going to slide. So I can see him getting at least one rushing touchdown. But I just think that Jamie Chadwell's got all the full confidence in those two to try to throw a touchdown. So I think he's going to get at least three and run for one. That's just my stat line. It might happen, it might not. But we'll see. Josh, I come to you with the same question. What is your stat that matters? I I think it's going to be we're going to we're going to establish the run. There's no there's no looking away from it. So I think it's going to be if we get 200 rushing yards in this game, I think we win because we're going to run the ball 40 times. I'm not confident that Jamie Chadwell is going to allow these guys to throw. That would be great, and I think that's what we should do. But I think we're going to run the ball, and I don't think we're really going to run the option too much because we didn't against Southern Miss. I think it's going to be a lot of dives and more simple runs. I think he tries to dumb this offense down a little too much. I I have more trust in these guys that they can run it, but he's the one in practice every day he sees it. So – 200 rushing yards and at least two rushing touchdowns. If we get those, I think we control the game. Defense steps up, I think we win the game. Personally, I think it's the defense, to be honest with you. That's my X factor. I think whichever one, whether it's Lance Boyka and Jordan Strong, most likely it's going to be the Jordan. If that side, if they can lock down Thornton to less than 100 yards without a touchdown, that'll be great. And I think it also relies on the running back. If, if we can hold – Ajayi to under, let's say, 100 yards, maybe he gets one touchdown at most, That then I think we win this game. But I think it's going to come down to those two guys. And I think if we can lock down the number one wide receiver, I think we can shut down the number one running back or at least maintain him as we can, I think we can win this game. I'm going to go with turnover margin. I think if we're plus two over James Madison, we win this game. James Madison has a proclivity for turnovers, especially turnovers that turn into defensive touchdowns. They had two of them last week against Georgia State. They are a team that, you know, Centeo himself only has five interceptions. Their backup quarterback somehow also has five interceptions. But they also, they fumble a lot. They make a lot of dumb special teams mistakes. I mean, in the games that I've watched, they had... Just against Georgia State, we'll just leave it there. They had a kickoff that, on back-to-back kickoffs that they were returning, right? One of them, the ball bounced up, hit the returner in the chest, 
and Georgia State got it because it hit him in the chest and bounced like 10 yards away. Georgia State jumped on him. The very next kickoff, the same exact thing happened, and James Madison was able to get on at that time. They're a team that are prone to, for lack of a better term, dumb mistakes. And I think Coastal, the opportunistic but terrible defense that they are, are going to be able to capitalize on those. And I expect them to capitalize on those. And if we have two more turnovers than we give up, I think Coastal Carolina wins this game. That's two more possessions that we got. That's two more mistakes that we were able to capitalize on. And I think it means a lot when your offense is missing the best group of five player in the country. We'll go now to predictions. Josh, James Madison enters this game as a 13.5 point favorite, over under set at 54. I think a lot of that 13.5 has to do with what we talked about. Number 10 is gone. Vegas doesn't really watch group of five games. They just pick names and hats and go. But does Coastal cover? Does Coastal win outright? And what's the final score? Yeah, I, I I really don't. I don't feel super confident about this game at all. And I just I just think it's going to come down to not implementing the right game plan. But I do think that all this disrespect nationally, all, all of that kind of stuff, and this being we want to win, we don't want to hear any more of the we can have a chance to outright win the conference. We don't want co-champions. I think the guys, I trust what I've seen the last five games ish that they've stepped up. They're a different football team. I think the under smashes. I, I think it's going to be a crawl in a brutal game to watch. Um, I think I'm going to give it to coastal 24, 21 Cade Hensley steps up. I think it's a game winning field goal. And I think, I think JMU ties it up late, and I think we got to go get a game-winning field goal. I think it's a defensive slog. First half might be like 7-7. So I'm going to give it to the guys against my better judgment. My gut's telling me we lose this one, but I'm going to give it to them 24-21. Defense steps up, and it's a slog. I think that it's going to be a much closer game. Um, I don't think that what ESPN and – what everybody else is saying about us with the over and under, I think that it's ridiculous. I think it's going to be way closer than, than what it's originally been being said. Um, I'm going with the, uh, I'm going with the under as well. And I think that, you know, I think like Josh said, I, I trust this team, what I've seen out of the last four or five weeks, they've really responded since the old Miss, old dominion loss. And uh, I think that we're gonna we're gonna come out of this game highly motivated, and I think that we're gonna go into this game with a win. I think that we're gonna come out. Um, I think we're gonna win twenty eight twenty four. I think that this is gonna be uh, a really close, uh, competitive matchup. Two of the best teams in the Sun Belt East. It's the season finale for JMU, and I think that they're gonna give it everything they got to try to prove that they belong in the Sun Belt, but. I think that the shots with, you know, the the players that we have and the experience we've had over the last three years, I think that's going to come into this game. We come out, of, we go, we we leave out of Virginia with a win, and then we get ready for the Sun Belt Championship. Regardless of who we play, I don't know if, if they've determined it yet who will play, but we get ready for who we play, and we'll get ready for the Sun Belt Championship. Yeah, I like um, I like twenty eight twenty. Coastal. Um, what I think is personally going to happen is 
I think we will do a decent job of locking up the number one wide receiver. I think their running back will get a touchdown regardless. I think one of their other receivers is going to get a touchdown. I think knowing Coastal's defense, we're going to forget about him and some random guy on the offense, whether it's a tight end or a wide receiver. And then I think he's going to score a touchdown. I think it's going to be a really close game. And I think towards the end, I think we're going to get that last touchdown. I'm going to be real. I don't think a field goal is going to be kicked in this game. I don't, like, trust it. You know, like, the, the field goal kicking this year, like, no disrespect to Hensley, but, like, it's really hard to replace a guy like Maximo Muscardi. He was really good when he came to, like, clutch field goals and stuff like that. Obviously, like, obviously there was that one field goal in, like, the championship game two years ago. But regardless of that, he's been extremely clutch for Cardi. And I think replacing him, I don't think it's been the same. So I don't think there's going to be a field goal kicked. I think this is going to be a close game going into the fourth quarter. I don't know exactly how it's going to play out before that, but I feel like it's going to be like a tie game in the fourth quarter. I think Coastal is going to get a late touchdown, make it 28 to 20. And I think the pressure of getting a touchdown and two extra point uh, and uh, the two point conversion is really going to hurt James Madison. It's going to put the pressure on them. And I just think they're going to choke under it. So I'll go 28 20 Coastal. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a valid scoreline. I'm kind of the same with you guys. I don't think this is going to be a high flying 49 to 45 game. I don't think this is going to be anything crazy. I don't think Coastal's offense uh, has the ability to do that right now. Not necessarily just because Grayson McCall isn't under center, but I, I just think that Jamie Chadwell's so used to calling plays for Grayson McCall that he struggles to do it with other quarterbacks. Um, I think Coastal Carolina wins. I don't think it's by a lot. In fact, I think it's by one point. I have them 21-20 to 20 victors coming out of Harrisonburg. Um I don't necessarily, I don't think it's any late game heroics or anything. I think it's just a close game throughout and Coastal Carolina's defense holds on the final possession when James Madison knows they need a field goal to win it. Um, we move to what does this game matter? Why does this game matter? For whom does this game matter? Because clearly it doesn't matter at fucking all for the college football playoff committee. The rankings were just announced. Uh, you heard my little monologue there at the beginning. Coastal Carolina, as one of the final seven teams with one loss or less in the country, is still not ranked. Four loss Louisville is. Four loss Texas is. Three loss UCF is. Three loss Notre Dame is at 15. I have questions about the ethics, the morals, and the ability of this playoff committee to do anything other than push their own self-interest and self-agenda. The 13 members of this committee must resign. Is it just Coastal Carolina? Am I just mad that Coastal Carolina is not ranked? Am I calling for their heads just because my favorite team isn't ranked? No. I'm calling for their heads because this committee is flawed from the start. This committee is 10 athletic directors, current athletic directors, at universities whose teams play Division I FBS football. Those schools have millions of dollars on the line in bowl season. 
And so this committee has a vested interest in promoting the interests of their own schools. NC State's athletic director is the head of the committee. They got beaten, and beaten pretty badly, by an awful Boston College team. And stayed ranked. Last week, they lost to an awful Louisville team. You cannot make the argument that a 5-loss NC State team should still be ranked. But by God, the team that beat them is. I wonder why that is. It's a couple extra hundred thousand in NC State's bank account when they go to a better bowl game. This is the most pathetic attempt at trying to be fair that the world has ever seen. And don't come to me with the 16-team playoff will fix this. It won't. Tulane is ranked at 19 with two losses. Bearing in mind that one of their losses came to a team that Coastal Carolina beat in Southern Miss. UCF has three losses. They are still ranked. Cincinnati has two losses. They are still ranked. Coastal Carolina has one and is not in the poll. If we're to believe to be believed about the rumors about college football expansion, the highest ranked group of five champion gets an automatic playoff bid. Well, Coastal Carolina can kiss that goodbye, and so can every other Sunbelt whack and any other group of five conference. It's not happening. Forget about it. If you don't have success in the past five years, if you don't have a claimed national championship in the last five years like UCF does, or a playoff appearance like Cincinnati does, or, get this, a Tulane graduate on the committee, they don't give a fuck about you. They never have, and they never will. The American Athletic Conference is the premier conference for the group of five in the eyes of the College Football Playoff Committee, regardless of record, regardless of team, regardless of ability. They do not care. They simply do not care what you do, who you are, or what your resume is. If you're from the athletic, the American athletic that is, you're in the poll. You have three losses? Eh, we don't care. You know why UCF is still ranked? Navy's head of athletics department. They don't call in the AD for whatever reason. Is on the poll. Is on the committee. Guess who UCF just lost to? And only fell two points. Hey, they lost to Navy. And guess what? Navy didn't throw a pass that whole game. You're telling me that's one of the 25 best teams in the country? Shove it. Shove it where the sun don't shine. I got no time for you. Am I asking Coastal to be in the top 15? No. But you know where the lowest ranked one loss team is right now? Eight. Eight. And Coastal Carolina can't be 25. Coastal Carolina can't be 23 ahead of four lost Texas 
and four loss Louisville. Kiss my ass with this parody and impartiality. And, oh, we're just trying to do what's best for college football and pick the best 25 teams. No, you're not. You're trying to see how big you can make your own damn bank account. I'm done with it. It's sick. It's a disgrace. Bring back the BCS and bring it back now. Josh, again, I always come to you after I uh, jump up on my soapbox, and I apologize for that, but you're pretty good at picking up the pieces. Where are you at with this travesty? Yeah, so like you mentioned, Navy beats UCF without completing a pass, and they only had 250 total yards of offense. They lost to a team that put up 250 total yards of offense. Like, at the end of the day, that's all there is to it. Why is another reason that Tulane is ranked? Guess what? Don't come at me with, oh, Coastal hasn't beat a ranked team. You know who else hasn't beat a ranked team? Tulane. The only the one of the best teams that they've beat is Kansas State, right? Okay, you're like that's okay. Why are they ranked? Kansas State athletic director is on the committee, looking out for Kansas State. Like he said, putting money in their pockets. This is an abomination. We this is you can look, look at every team that's ranked above Coastal, especially in the group of five, and you could be like, well, it makes sense because. This guy's affiliated with this program that they beat. This guy's affiliated there. Oh, this guy has AAC bias. This guy's a two-lane grad. I mean, Louisville's a team that lost to Syracuse 31 to 7. They lost to Florida State. This team, they haven't beat anybody except Wake Forest. I mean, yeah, but they beat don't the come at me team. with they beat the magical team. They yeah. beat NC State and their AD's the head of the committee. Exactly. And guess what? You can't even tell me that right now Louisville's a top 25 team because, and don't even come out with NC State because Louisville doesn't even have their starting quarterback right now. Malik Cunningham's not even playing. Louisville's not a good football team without him. They were okay with him, but he's one of the better players in college football. They don't even have him right now. Kind of like Coastal, who's missing one of their guys, but is still winning. If, if we're going to reward teams for winning with their backup quarterback – then why the fuck are we not ranked with beating our third-string quarterback, Southern Miss team, that beat Tulane? Oh, because Tulane has all those connections on the committee. I'm sick of it. I mean, what does it say that Marshall beat the 15th-ranked team in the country and we beat them? There's not much else to say. Don't come at me with, you ain't played anybody because we scheduled teams that beat these top 15 teams and we beat them. So we're 9-1. We're one of the only one-loss teams left. I'm not going to hear it. Yeah, and, you know, you made mention of it there. I want to make a quick point before I jump to, to Jordan Mario. Two things. One, Coastal Carolina went out and made an effort to play a good schedule this year. They didn't do what they usually do in basketball and schedule four D3 teams and, you know, the school of the deaf and blind that isn't even an NCAA team, right? They scheduled Army. And Army in the past five seasons has been really good. They went out and scheduled Virginia. Virginia went to the ACC championship game, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, two years ago? It was three years ago, but last year they were a nine-win team. Yeah. We can't be punished, and yes, I know the Virginia game didn't happen, but you can't punish Coastal Carolina for having a weak schedule when we went out and actively tried to make a good one. 
And look, look, and this isn't all on us. It's teams now holding up their end of the deal. App State, we beat them. What did App State do? They hosted college game day this year because they were on top of the college football world. We had a primes matchup with App State. We can't control that they fell apart. We beat a team that hosted college game day. How many teams that have hosted college game day have lost this year? Not many. We can't control that. And what we can control is wins, and we won nine freaking games. So what you're telling me then, Josh, is that the best way for Coastal to be ranked is to have App State's athletic director on the committee. Because if we beat App State, he has to make his team look good because then it gets them more money and Coastal gets ranked. Hey, let me uh, let me let you in on a secret. None of the 13 players or people on the committee have any connection to the Sun Belt. How many Sunbelt teams are ranked? Ah, you guessed it. Fucking zero. At least four of them. Through undergraduate graduate studies, current ADs, former jobs, have connections to the American Athletic Conference. Tell me it's fair. Tell me it's fair. Jordan, what the hell, man? I mean, the way I see it, if if these schools are scared to play us, just say that. Because that's how I look at it. I feel like all these schools are scared to play us. I mean, we're one of the best teams in, in group of five. I believe if we played – not played. I believe paid. If we played Tulane, we would beat them single-handedly. I think we would beat Louisville. I think we could beat Texas. I think we could beat Oregon State. I think we could beat – well, yeah, I'll say it. If Grayson's healthy, we could beat UCF. I think we could beat Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati, it'd be maybe a closer game than what people would think, but I still have more confidence in, in, my, in the shots than I do over the Bearcats. Um, it's just – I don't know. This – I don't know. And for the second consecutive week, the coaches in the AP poll have ranked us at 23. And for the second consecutive week, I think this is going on the third week, the CFP committee excludes us again. I don't know. I don't know what to, what to think about it, but you can't you can't knock the Coastal Carolina Shana Clears for for their record and for their the way they played this year. These guys deserve a new year six opportunity they deserve it i'm not saying i'm not saying it in 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 a bad way i'm saying they deserve it the guys down in conway deserve to be at AT at&t stadium competing for a cotton bowl bid they deserve it or a big bowl game they don't deserve to be playing in the birmingham bowl new orleans bowl Gasparilla Bowl, Boca Raton Bowl. We deserve a big bowl game. Those guys went out and competed all year long. We've only lost one game. I just don't think it's right. You know, Tennessee gets obliterated by South Carolina last Saturday, and then they were fifth at the time. They only fall five spots. What is going on here? 
if if that was if that was any other time, Tennessee would have fell all the way to the twenties, or maybe have even been unranked. Like I don't understand why the committee does the things that they do, but you know, Coach Shadwell has come out, and this man, Coach Shadwell, has even had to come out publicly and say that the national media needs to respect the shines. Because that's how much confidence he has in the boys to go out and get the job done against anybody. They're not. We're not scared to play anybody. We're not scared to play anybody. So I think that we can go out and compete with the best. Um, I just think that is wrong. I think that we deserve way more respect than what we've been getting. But at this point, you know, with it being this late in the season, there's really nothing more we can do. I mean, even if we do go out and beat the brakes off of James Madison, and even if we go out and do what we need to do in the Sun Belt Championship, they still won't rank us by the time the season's over with. We could go, like I said, we could go finish the rest of the season 3-0, and like finish these last three games undefeated. And what would we be, 11-1? and And I promise you that final playoff ranking, they still wouldn't even rank us. And, you know, it, it just kills me because two years ago we were, like, on top of the world. We were America's team. Everybody was crazy about the Coastal Carolina Shawna Clears. And this committee won't even let us be in the top 25. I believe we're, we're one of the top 25 teams in the country. And for them not to even give the guys down there in Conway a chance to even be ranked, a chance to be mentioned in the New Year's Six, it's just highway robbery. And some things are going to have to change. And I'm with you, Curtis. If if things can't get better with the way that they select the committee, then why not bring back the computer? Because the computer at least would have gave us an opportunity to be ranked. The computer would have at least put us in a, a, a chance to be in a New Year's Six. It's just, it's just heartening because these guys worked their butts off all summer in the grueling sun out in Myrtle. And for them, I just hope that they don't put us in a, a really bad bowl game because those guys deserve so much more. Yeah, real quick, uh, Mario, before you go, I know you're going to close it off just well. But, Jordan, like you said, the computer system, they do use a computer system. They say they pride themselves on this new revamped computer system that they use that helps the committee make the decisions because they're all, they say they're all athletic directors and they have other stuff to worry about. Coastal Carolina wasn't ranked on that computer system last week, so fine. But Coastal Carolina was ranked 24th on that computer system this week. Make it make sense. And like you said, teams are scared to play us. And don't come at me with, you haven't played anybody, but then put us, and we say we will play anyone, but then put us in a bowl game to gatekeep us against UTSA, against another group of five school that doesn't get the damn respect it deserves either. Don't put us in a, put us against one of these teams that you say we can't beat. We're not on the same level as we don't have the schedule. As, give us, a, you, you make the bowl games. You could put us against anyone you want. That's not the top four. Put us against those teams and see what happens. Give us a damn chance. That's all I'm saying. And if Coastal, I'm telling you right now, if Coastal was UCF and lost to Navy, allowing 250 yards and no passes completed, they wouldn't be ranked for the next 40 years, and that's all I have to say. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up UCF because, Josh, I'm going to have you go right now on the Shot Show Twitter page and retweet the last two tweets from at UCF underscore football. Because their tweets are, and I quote, NGL, not gonna lie, we didn't have a 22 graphic ready 
BRB. Then, about 30 minutes later, they tweet out a graphic that has, We're ranked number 22, with a fucking crying laughing emoji behind it. Even the school themselves is admitting they're, they got fucking lucky. They, they're like, what are we, we're 20, excuse me, we're ranked? We have to make a graphic now in four seconds? They know. They know. They're admitting themselves that it's fucked. Don't come to me with that. UCF tweeted, Wow, have always admired the work of the college football playoff committee. Handshake emoji. Like you said, UCF even admits that they're not. That's that's. I am glad you brought that up because I have not seen that. They know. Mario, I'll turn it over to you. Where are you at with this? I think I said it previous weeks before. Even though we know, like, the Sun Belt is a decently competitive conference, nobody views us that way, which is why the Sun Belt will always be disrespected. That's number one. Number two, first of all, I believe even if you have, like, a motive, like, even if you're rigging something, okay, I believe you have to have some reason behind it to kind of make yourself at least sound smart or to give yourself an, an alias, Okay, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, um, Tulane's number 19. Why? Because I can't because I said so. You can't do the the mother talking to her child when the child asks, why? Why am I getting grounded or why do I got to do this? And she goes, because I said so. You can't use that. Give me a real reason. Like you can't give us a real reason. You mentioned it. We, we beat Southern Miss. They lose to Southern Miss. But this is and then the other thing I'm going to say is the reason why. Or their reason, at least. I'm not saying I agree with it, but their reason probably for why we're not in the 25 is because of how many close games we've had against these guys in the Sun Belt. Which is why whenever we stepped on this podcast, we talked about barely winning by six, barely winning by seven. It's not enough. It wasn't about what do you guys want. Yeah, a win is a win. But it was also about when you put your foot on the gas floor i've said this millions of times because if you don't show that you can convincingly beat one of these teams they're never going to give you any respect and that's the thing that's not on coastal now the reason why i disagree with that is because this whole college football year has been a clusterfuck let's be real with ourselves okay this whole entire year has been pretty odd so to say that we can't beat any of those teams up to 19 I think the only team that could beat it, I think the last team that could probably beat us is going to UCLA. I think UCLA this year is pretty good, and I think they could probably beat us. But from 19 to 25, you're going to tell me that we're going to lose to all those teams? And like Josh said, put us in a New York Six Bowl. If we get if we get cremated, who cares? It is well, at least put us thing. in a regular bowl game against a big-name team. That's what I'm saying. Like we get If we go to a New Year's Six Bowl and we get cremated by a team, who cares? Like You know what I'm saying? That just makes the other team look better. Then you guys get to say you're right. But the fact that you're not even giving us a chance to play in these games, it's sickening. You guys are just using the, the mother talking to her five-year-old child because I said so. That's it. Now go to your room. Like that. That's not good enough for us. I'm sorry, but that's not who we are. Ser seriously. I think the only reason that they have is because we had so many close games this year. I think that's the only reason why. And even that, I don't think that's good enough. I was, I was one of the very few people to say it every single year. Stay humble and put your foot to the pedal and floor it. Even I'm admitting that despite us not doing that in almost every single game, we still do at least deserve to be number 25. Let's be honest here. Okay, I think we can beat everybody from 19 to 25. Maybe even UCLA. Who knows? I believe we can beat all those teams. 
So to not put us in that top 25, it's pretty sickening. And let me tell you something. Okay. I got a lot of friends who watch a lot of different sports. They'll complain to me about how soccer is corrupt. They'll complain to me about how boxing is corrupt. I'm going to be real. College football might be the number one most corrupt thing, most corrupt sport that I ever seen. The fact that you have athletic directors doing the grading, that's sickening. Like, like seriously. And if you really want to give them more, and if the reason really is to give them more money so they can keep building on their football program, then why don't we just give the sad story on how Coastal Carolina's resources aren't that great, despite us being a very competitive Division One school, who, by the way, has been Division One for what five years and five years now. How about well, you give us some FBS, credit? FBS, yeah. FBS, thank you. That's what I meant. How about you give us some credit here? Like, geez, like we, like, come on. You know what? Like, it's again. We've been trying to play these teams. You know, the Virginia game, unfortunately, it didn't happen. And obviously, you know, we've ran like we try to build a very good schedule. You know what? Next year we got UCLA. If I'm correct, we're trying here. Like we really are trying to build a really good competitive schedule. We're not like basketball. We just schedule a bunch of D twos and three D threes. We're playing really good schools. We're trying to build and play against really good schools, but you're not even giving us the chance to do that. So here's what I say to the college football playoffs: put us in a bowl game, put us in New Year's Six bowl, or at least a really good bowl, like Josh said, against a really good team. And if we get our asses handed to us, if you really don't think we're that good, if we get our asses handed to us, then you guys can say you were right. But if we beat them, there is no doubt in our minds, and there's no, there shouldn't be any doubt in their minds, that Coastal Carolina has been a top 25 team at least two out of the last three years. Period. I'm tired of this corruption. Yeah, I think the only way they could be more corrupt is if they awarded the national championship to Qatar. Um, Jordan, uh, I'll go to you next, and uh, Josh, get a last point in, and then we'll go ahead and we'll wrap this up. Yeah, I just wanted to piggyback on what, you, you know, Mario was saying. You know, with UCLA, we will play them next year. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. And it'll be the first game of the year at the Rose Bowl. So I want UCLA to be ranked at that game because that's going to start it off for us right then and there. That'll be a good test for us. We win that game. We automatically will get some uh, some votes as well with that. But, yeah, just, just to – Piggyback on what you guys are saying, you know, I want I want us in a big bowl game, but I think that what Cincinnati went through last year and getting beat in that semifinal by Alabama, I think that's the reason why we don't get a lot of respect out of outside of the group of five. Because everybody anticipated, everybody knew going into that game, Cincinnati was gonna get demolished by Alabama. And when that game, when the final actually happened, that was when I guess the committee thought about it and they said to themselves, well, we finally gave somebody outside of the group of five a chance to come into the playoff, and this is what happened. We don't want to see this happen again. So I think that's got some part in it. But I still say give us a chance. I still give us a chance. If, and you know something? If we're in a big bowl game, how much you guys want to bet Grace McCall will be playing that game? How much you want to bet? thousand percent he plays that game i'm not betting anything because i know i'll lose exactly exactly so you tell me you telling me 10 wouldn't want to go out there and play against a penn state or a florida state or you know a clemson bama 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 (laughs) exactly like we we deserve more those boys deserve more than what they're getting right now i'm telling you and that's all i got to say about it yeah, uh, before we jump to you, Josh, I just wanted to, to add something real quick that, like, 
It's been a long time since Boise State beat Oklahoma. It's been a real long time. And I know that the last couple of teams that you've let in there to try and recreate that magic, it hasn't worked out. Why stop trying? Why are you going to punish a one-loss Coastal team because you're scared that they're going to get blown out? Who cares? Let us try. Let us try. Josh, one last point, and then we'll wrap it up. Man, we talk about, oh, the, these rankings, they're, they're tarnished by history. These rankings, blah, blah, blah. Well, since Coastal has been in the FBS, take even these last three years, oh, they're flukes, whatever. I don't – yeah. Our record since joining the FBS is 44-20. and 20. Seven. Coastal Carolina has the winning history. Even it, take it back to their FCSAs, who whatever they win in the FBS. Their last three years are better than anyone's last three years, except like Alabama, and that's pretty much it. I mean, this team, and we're not we. You never hear us say that, and if you listen to our podcast, you would never know. But Mario made a great point. We, we don't make those excuses. Coastal Carolina doesn't even have an indoor practice facility. Imagine how good these guys would be if they had that, if we got the recruits. We're doing all this without the recruits. This is a good program. This is a program that gets the most out of these kids. Pound for pound, it's better than any other program in that top 25. Resources to production, best program in the entire country in terms of that and performance. Like we said, please don't give us this crap on you haven't played anybody, you won't play anybody. Because we scheduled UCLA. We tried to schedule good teams this year. Virginia was supposed to be a lights-out showdown between Brent Armstrong and Grayson McCall. We beat a team that was on college game, but we're trying. And give us a bowl game. We're, I don't I don't want – I'm not asking for a New Year's Six because I understand that only the top 12 teams can have it. It's fine. But Texas has to play a bowl game. Louisville has to play a bowl game. Tulane, UCF, Kansas State, Notre Dame, all these teams have to play in a bowl game, and they're going to get – big bowl games against other great teams and they're going to stick us in freaking new not new orleans they're going to stick us in the independence bowl against utsa they're going to gatekeep two programs because they're scared that uc utsa and coastal carolina are going to go beat the power five teams that they're scheduled against they're going to like say one of you has to lose and only one of you can win and we're not going to give you much credit for that win because it's against that team don't do that crap give us a big name team we're going to knock them off. And I guarantee you teams like UTSA, South Alabama, they only have two losses. Troy only has two. Put those teams against Power 5 teams. Make the bowls what they should be. If you're not competing for a championship, it doesn't matter anyway. Give the group of five teams a chance and see what happens. I'm guaranteeing you're not going to like it. Yeah, I just hope our uh, Airbnb that we stayed at last year for the Cure Bowls open because it's looking like that again. Woo! I mean, like – you know, I just I don't understand. You know, you made a great point there, Josh, of like, let us try. Even if it's not the Cotton Bowl, let us try. Two years ago, Coastal Carolina was undefeated champions of the Sun Belt. And we Wait, went to the over three ranked teams. Yeah. We beat BYU on two days' notice. Like, and then they put us in the Cure Bowl against another really good Liberty team, but again, a group of five team. And yeah, Liberty won that game. 
but it was to gatekeep and to protect their moneymakers. If Florida loses to Liberty, it's one of the most embarrassing things that, that ESPN has ever put on TV because now the SEC looks weaker. And it makes no sense to me. I, I can't stand it. I hate the bias. I hate the money that has ruined college football. Like, college football has been my favorite sport for decades. Since I was a little child, college football has been the one. Every Saturday, I'm locked into the TV. I've told you guys how, how much of a psychopath I am watching, you know, App State play Robert Morris. It's ruining the sport. It's all money. It's all greed. It's all self-centered, self-thinking, self-incriminating, self-inflating. Just, I don't give a damn about you and yours when I can take out and, and take care of me and mine. With that, I'll step off the soapbox. If you're still around, we appreciate you. Uh, share us with a friend. Uh, send this to everybody you know that cheers for UCF and try and get a good explanation out of them because I can damn sure guarantee you they don't have one. If you or someone you know uh, is on the playoff committee, send this to them. Uh, let them know that people are watching, people are noticing, um, people are pissed. This is not the system we signed up for when we wanted a college football playoff. We didn't want you and your greed to take over. We wanted a good, fair system, and we're not getting it. Follow us on Twitter, at The Shot Show. You can see those uh, tweets from UCF uh, where they basically self-incriminate and make themselves uh, out to be like, we didn't think we were going to be ranked either. And uh, follow us on Instagram, at Shot Show. Um, we'll see you real soon. Uh, fire Cliff Ellis, because... Boy, that was embarrassing losing to SC Upstate, but we'll get into that uh, in a basketball episode here real shortly. And yeah, we'll see you Saturday. Shots up. Bring home the victory from Harrisonburg, boys. <laughs>